my name is Girish Bally, your host for today for Back to Basics. We have another week of Back to Basics. I'm glad that you're here and I'm still here and the show is still going on. So guys, today we have a guest. His name is Christian D. Delaware. And I think we just tried to pronounce his name like a couple minutes back. And it looks like it's a little hard to say, but we'll get to that basics on that. But he is an author of soulpower.com. Let's talk about that book, talk about his .com, and talk about his company and everything else, what he does. Very inspiring, by the way. So let's get Christian on my uh, show. Christian, how are you today? And thank you for coming on Back to Basics. Thank you so much, George. I really um, appreciate the invitation to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So before we get to the basics of everything, the first thing is, um, what does Back to Basic mean to you? Well, cutting through the BS right, and getting getting to um, authenticity. Yeah. We live, most of us live in, in very superficial um, states. Um, we're so easily distracted by so many distractions in life. Um, and so to me, back to basis, getting into realness, into authenticity, um, dropping the facades, you know, the ways that we want to be seen and present ourselves as and just getting to be who we are and cutting through the bs um dropping the the desire to to restore the need to be validated by anybody or anything and we just get to be who we are wherever we are isn't it a shame that out of everything what we have gone through in our lives uh we tend to forget uh that the there's so much chaos around the world and we tend to forget what's was today and what's going to be tomorrow and what was yesterday. We, I, I think we tend to forget that, don't we? Yeah. Um, and, and again, yeah, there's, it's, it's easy to forget. We, yeah. Not only do we spend eight to sometimes more hours a day uh, doing stuff that we probably wouldn't be doing if, unless we had to generate income and pay for the bills. Yeah. Um, and then there's so many other distractions. We're overwhelmed with sensory information. Yeah. Um, and so it's understandable that part of us just wants to numb out and that we don't want to think and we just want to crash on the couch. Yeah. Uh, but then the risk of doing that is of living kind of an unexamined life mm. is that as we know, it goes by so fast. Yeah. And before we know it, you know, we wake up from the, on the couch and it's been 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the way that, you know, this book talks about living, which, which, is a heroic way of living, which requires that we go within and, the, and that we ask ourselves questions and ask ourselves why we do the things we do and that we analyze patterns of behavior. Mm -hmm. It takes work, mm -hmm. but it is so worthwhile because the reward is freedom and we get to be who we are, wherever we are. Sure, sure. So before we get to the details of the book and what you do and all that, so how do we pronounce your last name? De La Huerta. In Spanish, the H is silent, so think of the state Delaware mm -hmm. and throw a ta after it. De La Huerta. So there you go, guys. I'm not the only one who doesn't know how to pronounce his name, but he came out with a rhythm and he said, you know what? <laughs> Let's take a state and put his last name into that and, and look at that. It's as basic as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what the basic way of remembering. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Thank you so much for that. So tell me about soul power and what that whole website is all about and what your foundation is all about. 
Well, I've been doing, um, it's, it's Soulful Power is the website, soulfulpower.com. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing retreats and workshops, um, coaching for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I use breathwork also as a, as a healing modality, as woven into part of my retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, since COVID, um, I've launched virtual only um, coaching programs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go back to doing retreats whenever we can. I've got some scheduled for the end of the year. Hopefully we'll be able to do them uh, by then. And I'm actually grateful for the experience. I mean, without minimizing the, the, the tragedy and, and all of the, you know, the, the death and the illness and the economic impact of the pandemic, for me, it's been a blessing. Yeah. I went from flying 100,000 miles a, a year to nothing. Um, and so that mandatory global time that allowed me to finish this book and it also allowed me to create this virtual um coaching program which i've known for years i needed to do if i was going to reach people um, who may never come to a weekend retreat before covid allowed me to do that and create kind of force my hand yeah Um, i had to do it so let's fast forward a little uh, of this book that you created so when did you started this book and what triggered you to start this book there must be something must have started it yeah that's a great question it's probably been brewing in me the idea um and i've been testing out concepts and retreats for you know for probably 10 years and the idea actually came i was sitting in meditation um and for only the second time in my life well not now it's happened three times but at this point it had only happened twice where I actually heard audible words, like words that I could actually hear yeah. inside my head. Um, and, and the words were the soul of power. And I got up, it's like, wow, that's a really interesting concept. I got the URL, URL the next day and forgot about it. Hmm. A couple of months later, I was, um, I was in, interacting with a literary agent in New York that I was working with at the time. And I had submitted a book proposal on a different thing. And she goes to me, yeah, yeah, I like it. I want to work with you. And I want to see some of these marketing ideas in your marketing plan implemented before we pitch it to a publisher. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a book proposal, but it's kind of like a huge term paper and implementing that marketing plan would have taken me a year. Um, So it's like putting on the brakes because I was already spending the advance in my mind. And, and then I thought, okay, well, what, what am I going to do? Like, if, if this is not my next project, what, what is it? Mm. And for a couple of days, I was living in that question. And then it hit me, like, you know, like one of those palm to the forehead kind of moments. And, and I've been saying for years in my retreats that the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world is the empowerment of women. Because to that, we can connect all the other, all the other issues that we face as a species. When, when women are in 50% of power in the world, we'll have a very different relationship to war and poverty and hunger and wealth distribution and social justice and how we treat the environment to all of it. And it's not to idealize women. It's not to put women up on a pedestal. It's not to give women more responsibility, more of a mess to clean up. It's because we've been running so off balance between the masculine and feminine energies in this in this in this world, mm. um, and then then it was like one of those moments where I thought the empowerment of women, the soul of power is like wow okay how do we do that how do we step into power in a different way that is not the more patriarchal hierarchical you know power over 
um, that that's based on fear and force and domination and manipulation. Mm. Like, how do we step into power in a, in a different way that doesn't require that I push anybody down, step on them, mm. put my knee to their neck in order for me to feel powerful? Mm. So it's more like a power with rather than a power over approach. Mm. So that's that's your aha moment when you started that uh, book, it looks like. And it took you that long to to publish it. And I guess, thank, well, obviously COVID was a bad time, but I think it was more of a blessing for you to finish that book at that particular time because you were traveling too much and too many exactly. sessions going on and didn't have the right time to finish. Um, exactly. You know, for me, writing is work. I mean, I know people love it. For me, it's, it's, it's work. For me, it's part of my... My job description, if I'm going to fulfill my mission, it, it's a means to get my message out there. Yeah. Um, it's not something that, that I love or that I look forward to doing. It's, it's, I haven't learned how to reframe it in a way yet that, that, that is enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm good at it. I know that I'm good at it. But it's, it's, it's not fun effort for me. So do, do you think that, are you a writer or you're a speaker? I'm more of a speaker. So then it must be tough of making this book, right? Because, you know, it, it's like taking a sticky pad or sticky note and writing something versus writing a book is two different things, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm good with words. You know, I was, I was raised in, in a communist country. I was raised in Cuba my first 10 years of life. Mm. For which I'm really grateful for a couple of reasons. Um, I mean, for one thing, we... we like I value so many of the freedoms that so many of us in this in this country, so many American citizens take for granted. Yeah. Because I was lived in, I lived in a totalitarian power over where the were. I mean, to, to even think about personal empowerment is ludicrous because the state owns you and decide, and owns everything you do, yeah. uh, tells you what to do. Um, but one of the blessings of that for me was that we had a TV, but there was nothing worth watching in terms of programs. Yeah. So we grew up reading, you know, and I developed this lifelong love affair with books. And we also grew up inventing our games and pastimes and playing outdoors. And for that, I'm really, really grateful. Um, and so I'm good with words, but, and I'm a good writer. Like, I know I, I, know I am. Um, like I have a way with words, and and yet the actual process of writing is it's a very solitary job, yeah. a very solitary process. But but there's a difference between speaking and writing. So the reason why I say that is because there might be some words or quotes that you are coming up with while you're speaking. Sometimes you tend to forget that you actually spoke that. <laughs> it's true. Well, sometimes I tend, sometimes I forget that I wrote that. It's like, like, yeah. like I'm rereading something. It's like, well, that's good. I forgot I said that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sometimes I think when, when I, I think you need a recorder when you, when you start, uh, remember these quotes or something like that. I think that's the best way. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a really good strategy. <laughs> so uh, awakening the, the soul of power, how did that title came up or how did that title? I mean, were there several other titles uh, besides this? I did play with other titles, but I kept going back to that meditation moment of, of the soul of power. Yeah. Um, and and even though it wasn't like I had a couple of publishing coaches tell me it's not it's not a great title for a book because it's it's not clear. People don't understand what soul is. People don't understand what the soul of power is. So I play with kind of more marketing acceptable. Uh, titles, but at the end of it, I just kept going back with, back to you know that's 
the title that came to me in meditation. So I'm gonna I'm gonna honor that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I decided to go with it. So is it still a, a stigma uh, around meditation that people they just sit around and just deep breathe? Is that as simple as that and as basic as that, or is there something more than that? What do you mean, the, the explaining what power is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, it's a lot more to it than that. Okay. Um, it's, here's, here's the way that, that, here's how I think about it. A lot of, I would say most of us have an ambivalent relationship to power. Mm-hmm. There's a part of us that wants it, and there's, and there's another part of us that's afraid of it. And, and I think what we're afraid of is two things. I think we're afraid that if we really step into all of who we are, into all of our power, that other people might might not like us and that we might re- get rejected and end up alone. Mm-hmm. I think we're also afraid of, of power because we think that we might abuse it and cause harm. And, and no wonder, because mm-hmm. any given day, all we have to do is turn on the news at any moment of the day and, and probably witness at least one abuse of power. Of course. Add to that that we've been conditioned to think that power is a bad thing. Like we've, we've been told power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. What they didn't tell us about that quote, though, from Lord Abdon is that he was speaking specifically about political power, not personal power. Mm-hmm. Add to that mix the fact that we've been conditioned to, to make the emotions weakness. Somewhere along the way, we decided the emotions were weakness, yeah. especially as men. You know, we've been... We were told since since a young age, little boys don't cry because somehow that will make us less of of, of a man. It's like how twisted is that? Yeah. Um, emotions, you know, what used to be spiritual teaching that everything is energy. Now we know from physics, from quantum physics, that is true. Everything is energy. That means the body, even though it feels solid, is energy, is vibration. That's Same true. with the emotions. Yeah. We know from physics, energy cannot be destroyed. So so. Energies aren't good. I mean, emotions aren't good. They're not bad. They're just energies. We we only get into trouble with them when we stuff them. And so when you put all that into the mix, what happens is that we end up getting our power away, you know, our, our inherent personal power that nobody can give to us, nobody can take away. We are the only ones that can that can give it away. And the sad part is that we give it away for lame reasons. Like we settle for less. We say yes when inside we feel no. We, we stuff ourselves into smaller little boxes and smaller little packages so that we won't rock the boat too much. And we settle for an illusion of security, for a false sense of, of acceptance, and for morsels, for crumbs of pseudo-love because it's not even authentic love. Hmm. So I, and, I, I think... I'm not going to say men in general. I'm going to say humans in general. We tend not to speak out much. I think we bottle in too much, and that's where your your blood pressure comes in, and then your other health issues comes in. It's actually better to just let it go and and, and let it be free. I mean, yes, we do lie a little, or I should say, we do a lie a lot. But I think it's it's going to be more harm than good, right? And and how to buy make that negative into positive and that's what i'm trying to do in this podcast of mine is to make awareness to a lot of people that negativity is negative but how do you make negative into positive and that's the real goal of this whole podcast and this whole journey that i'm trying to do here 
uh, Christian. And I think you're doing it beautifully the way you're doing it and, and, and spreading the word. I think you're spreading the yeah. word of happiness, according to me. Exactly, Grish. Thank you. And thank you for framing it that way. You know, if we want to talk back to basics, like the emotions are basic. They're just part of who we are as humans. Yeah. Think about a two-year-old, right? They're, they're, they have a tantrum, yeah. like a total meltdown. Two minutes later, they're playing like if nothing happened. Yeah. Like that's because they have their emotions fully. They have this emotion and then two minutes later having another emotion they don't they don't get stuck in the energy of the emotions they allow those emotional energies to course through them freely we get into trouble with them because we stuff them we don't allow ourselves to feel the emotions and and you know like i was saying before they're just energies just because we stuff them like we don't allow ourselves to feel them doesn't mean they go away if we don't give them voice they get stuck in the, in the tissues of our body and, and what happens is that we stuff them and we stuff them and we stuff them. And after years and decades of doing that, we walk around with all these layers upon layers of repressed emotional crap. Yeah. And here we are, you know, having a, trying to have a relationship in the present and all of it is getting filtered yeah. through a lifetime of suppressed emotions, which we then start dumping on each other's laps. So it's not good for our relationships. It's not good for our health because... Because that energy has to come out somewhere, right? Energy cannot be destroyed. This is like fundamental laws of physics. Yeah. So when we stuff it and we stuff it and we stuff it, either the next unfortunate person comes and they say to us the, the wrong thing in the wrong way and boom, volcanic eruption inappropriate to that situation. Right. And then we cause harm to our relationships yeah. or... The energy is going to come out one way or another. We suppress it, we suppress it, we stuff it, and it starts seeping out through bodily symptoms, yeah. heart attacks, yeah. ulcers, cancer. So it's not an effective strategy. We, we better learn how to, how to feel our emotions and how to communicate them responsibly. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, doesn't mean we're going to go around like two-year-olds throwing a tantrum irresponsibly. Of course. So, but we master our emotions, which actually learning how to feel and identify what we're feeling and learn how to communicate those emotions courageously, compassionately, and gracefully, meaning in a way that they can be heard, yeah. is nothing less than, than mastery-level stuff. It's like heroic stuff, the opposite of weakness. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I, I just want to, uh, Christian, if you don't mind, I, I just want to tell my listeners something here. When there's some negativity in there and when there's sadness, let's say if you lost someone in the family, it's always good to talk to someone. It's always good to let it out. If you don't let it out, you know what would happen. You will call your psychiatrist. You will call someone for help to help you out what the actual cause is. But why do we need to do all that if we can just keep on talking to other people? Talk to them every day and make sure that change the negativity and the sadness to be happy, to be positive. And that's what it is, Christian, right? Is is that right or did I say anything wrong? No, you said it, you said it right. The only thing that I want to clarify so they don't think we just, we just can, can't turn it flip. I mean, switch and flip from sadness to happiness. That's right. That's we've right. got to learn. We've got to feel the sadness. It's yeah. not a bad thing. It's just a different emotional energy. But if we want to get back to happiness, we've got to feel, give ourselves permission to feel the sadness and express it, get it out, let that energy flow through us, and we can only get it out of our bodies by giving it expression. Yeah, yeah. And then, then we'll be fine. We'll get, we'll, you know, sometimes we stuff that emotion because we think 
that we give voice to the sadness that it's, it's never going to stop. Yeah. And there is an end to it. You know, there is an end to it. If we spend a lifetime suppressing sadness, it's going to take a couple of sessions yeah. of, of, you know, where we create a safe container. And, and, and if that's the case for us, you might find somebody that you do it with a professional, you're just a good friend that you feel comfortable with hmm. and allow that stuff out. Yeah. And there is an end to it because what, what so many of us do is numb it out. Right? In all the ways that we numb out or and to run away from our feelings yeah. and, and our experiences, right? We numb out with alcohol or drugs or, or sex or gaming or, or workaholism or uh, shop, you know, shopaholics. It's like those are all ways that we try to numb out and not feel. And when it's so much easier to just take a little bit of time and feel it, and then you're going to feel so much better on the other side of it. Yeah, it is a ripple effect of if you don't let it out, these things do come in play. Uh, and it's kind of tough to turn on and turn off. It's, it's very hard to do that. So I think uh, you are correct on that. So Christian, it took you 10 years to make this book. Yeah. So what's what's uh, what's Christian for the next five more years? Please don't say that you're going to make another book in ten years. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, of course I wasn't working on the book for ten years, but on and off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was mostly doing a lot of retreats in a lot of different parts of the world, and, and traveling here and there, and doing other stuff, and avoiding writing for sure. And, and COVID kind of forced my hand. Just sure. like sat me down and then I said, all right, all right, this is it. This is my window to finish this book. And so this book is actually the first of three. It's a series of three. Mm. Um, the next one, I'm probably halfway done. Um, and it's, it's on relationships. Mm. And, and the series is about living heroically, what it means to live a heroic life in the 21st century, where we may not have the horse hitched outside and the armors and the demons to slay, except the ones in our own heads. Mm. Um, and so this one is like, how does a hero step into power yeah. in a way that's not about hierarchy, control, fear, force, domination? How do we step into power and express our power yeah. in a way that is a match for who we are? Yeah. Then the second book is about relationships. Like, how does a hero do relationships consciously? Yeah. Um, you know, we're approaching it not because we need anybody's validation, but just as an expression of who we are. Mm. And how do we remove obstacles to love? Now, the subconscious ways in which we sabotage our relationships sometimes even before we get going yeah. by attracting of course subconsciously attracting people who are not a match people who are not available mm. live on the other side of the country mm. or are they're already with somebody else or they're just not there um, emotionally so subconsciously we ensure that it's not going to work out even before we, we get going with the relationship so what's going on with that so that's those are kind of the themes that that mm. I'm going to dive into in this, in this next book. And then the third one's about um, purpose. Like, what are we really doing here at a, at a soul level, at a mission level? And how do we identify and let go of the ways in which we have been playing small? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian, when, when you come up with your second and third book, please don't forget us to come back here again and, and show us your, your process of the second and the third book. Uh, Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, definitely, it would be my pleasure and my honor telling us your your second and your third book that what you're trying to do and and hopefully you'll come back to my show and and uh, you know give me the honor of uh, interviewing again on on this show. Thank you. 
I would love that, Grace. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks so much for doing the work that you do. That that makes a difference. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Kristen, any last words before you head out today and uh, away from Back to Basics? Uh, you know, there's there's a way that we can do this. There's a way that we can overcome whatever obstacles we've allowed to hold us back. My, my adolescence was one long depression with suicidal fantasies. These days, using the teachings that I share in this book, no matter what happens in my life, no matter the details, the circumstances, yeah. a relationship works out or it doesn't, a project succeeds or it fails, in quotes, um, I never, ever, ever, ever question my, my sense of self, my sense of self-worth. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Christian. Thank you again for all the time. I know that you're busy and you're still in the stand mode right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be flying out somewhere thousands of miles away. But but thank you for again for coming on my show. Thank you. Thank you. So, guys, today we spoke with Christian today and we, we talked about the basics of soul power, his book and what his journey is and what his journey is going to be for the next second and the third part that he's going to do. And hopefully he'll come to my uh, show and, and it will be my honor. And here's, as usual, as always, there is a quote of the day. And the quote of the day is, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. And that's the quote of the day. And guys, as usual, as always, remember, everything in life goes back to basics and that's what we did today guys so every week we will give you good content good guest and obviously great host as always as usual i'll see you next week thank you again guys next week's episode on back to basics last time when we spoke on that uh i actually took a uh, a notepad a sticky pad and i drew a puzzle and put on top of my monitor to remind me of what you have just explained just now. And I see that every time whenever I work uh, at my desk here. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much uh, for well, that. I have to me understand. Go ahead. No, I have to send you a piece of this puzzle. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Uh, now, regarding the, the dice, I think you also explained about the dice. So explain that. Well, now, there's, uh, again, I'd have to go back 